0: I'm Samaita Graver, and I want to welcome you to Truth, Salt, and Spice, the podcast. My hope is that the stories my guests share inspire you to walk in truth, be salt to your corner of the world, and to use the unique gifts that God intentionally gave you to add spice to everything you do. Hello. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm great. Welcome, welcome. Thank you too. I I just I don't have, I do have some headphones, but um, the the headphones I think I need I need some new ones.
0: That's okay. I hear you perfectly, so we're, we're good. You're good. Okay, How was awesome. your time away at uh, Ezra Collective?
1: Oh, it was really, really good. It was a great a retreat for leaders, just a chance to kind of see how you're doing and check, check in on your, just who you are as a person, not as a leader. Mm. Um, I think, you know, sometimes if you're the leader, then it's like, you don't have time to check on how you're doing because you're too busy leading. But so it was an opportunity to do that, to hear from God, to pray, to, um, be poured into and then also to get some just practical skills to connect with other leaders to network. So it was just really good in a lot of
0: ways. Yeah, well, Joe Saxton's voice is amazing. So I can only imagine what she put together. Yeah, yeah it was it was um, a hodgepodge
1: of just uh, information and encouragement and
0: wisdom. It was just hard to capture everything. Love it. Love it. Well, why don't we start by you telling our people here a bit about you. You can say as much as you want or as little, and then we can get to talking about the good stuff.
1: Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I, I always start by saying I'm a homeschool mom <laughs> because that is what I am. Anybody who homeschools, I am sending you hugs, kisses, and a safety jacket because it is just all-encompassing it is so much and there are women who do it with like several kids and I'm like wow how How in the world but so I'm a homeschool mom and a blogger and a wife and a daughter of God and then I do a bunch of other stuff in between
0: <laughs> multi-dimensional huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I find that um there are more and more women like that we're uh you know we, we just do a lot definitely mm-hmm. wear many hats many hats that's awesome I um I was talking to my friend earlier and she was asking what I was doing it's like oh I'm recording a podcast and he's like oh with who it's like well I remember that friend that's not my friend that's not from Philly <laughs> that one
1: <laughs> yes the one I thought I knew but then I realized I didn't yes. know but she's still to do the podcast yes that would be me
0: yep uh, I, I have to tell this story because I still laugh so for those of you listening I asked Kia to be on this podcast because I actually thought I knew her (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I I don't know her from Adam, but I'm so grateful that you graciously accepted to be on here without knowing me. And um, I appreciate it because a a lot of the people that listen um, to uh, this podcast, I know that we'll get a lot about the subject we're about to um, Mm -hmm. engage in and um, it, it is it's it's. I think because of being a transformational coach and a lot of women that I have coached um, Mm -hmm. there, there is that disconnect and that trouble connecting with God, the father, because of uh, the hurt that their earthly father has inflicted. Um, And um, I get it. I I totally get it. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. so I've seen you, you know, on on Instagram and I'm just like, ah, her topic is just one that is just so important. So why don't we start by you telling me how you ended up um, pursuing this? Is it this your passion? Uh, I know you do many things, but just let's start with how you got there and we'll go along the way and clarify other things.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. So I had actually been working on this book uh, probably for a decade. Um, it was called The Void. I've since changed the name, <laughs> but um, you know, I just knew that there was something there's there was an ache inside of me, and I just I didn't know what it was, but mm-hmm. I wanted to write about it, and I felt like it was driving my actions. Um, because on one end, I was a leader and I was making the right choices, but then on the other end, I would find myself in these relationships, and it was kind of like, why are you in these relationships, and and what are you seeking? And so I continued to write this book and began to evolve in my, um, in adulthood, went from college to, you know, being an an adult and being married. And I began to realize, okay, I think it has something to do with my father and um, started to research more about that. And then was at the place where I'm like, I'm going to take this book and I'm going to present it to a a publisher or somebody, I'm going to publish this book. And I dropped it. I dropped. It was on my external hard drive. I dropped the external hard drive. And I lost everything. <gasps> and,
0: yes. Oh, let me mourn with you for a second. <laughs> mourn. Oh. Let's all mourn. Yes. Moment of I'm silence. Yes. I'm so upset.
1: Um, but but it took a minute. It definitely yes. took a minute. And um, a friend of mine was like, "Well, what are you going to do now?" And I was like, "I don't know. You know, my life is over." And um, she was like, "You should do a blog. Everything that you have been researching and." Everything that you were studying and putting together, is still in you. And I was like, you're right. Not initially, but yeah. from there, that was the beginning of the Father Swap blog. And And I tell people when I tell that story, it's really one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because it gave me an opportunity to engage with women who I believed I was called to encourage you know I, I'm saying I want to write this book for women with father wounds but I don't know anybody other than myself you know so I began to talk about it I began to tell women hey I'm going to start this blog and they would tell me what about their relationship with their father and I was like oh my goodness this is a thing and I would begin to write, and initially I, I told a girlfriend of mine when I started to write because this is a vulnerable subject. I mean, this is—I you, mean, you're you're sharing so much of your soul mm-hmm. when you talk about this. And I told a friend I feel like I'm butt naked walking down Peachtree Street. That's a major street here in Atlanta. And <laughs> I, I did feel like that. I did because when you blog, a lot of times you get crickets back in return, but I just you know, stay the course. And every now and then ladies would write me and they would tell me everything. Mm. Father, you know, they're, they're the result of an affair or um, their father. They don't know their biological father, but they live with their stepfather, but they still long to be with their biological father or their father um, exposed them to drugs. I mean, just, just telling me all kinds of um, horrible stories but because I was uh proverbially walking down Peachtree Street but naked with my emotions they felt like she's somebody safe that I could tell this to you mm-hmm. know so I can talk about this wound with her because she's talking about it publicly so um that's kind of how it got started. And um, then from there, I started doing YouTube videos with women who um, could speak on the subject directly or indirectly. And and it's funny how God operates because I think he wanted me to do this blog so I could get some healing for myself.
0: <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. How, how was yeah. that journey for you personally?
1: Uh, it's been amazing. It's really been amazing because when you write... Um, There's a a bit of, you know, there's a process that you have to go through. You have to, um, you have to walk through whatever you're writing about. You have to heal uh, before you can really write about it and tell other people how to, you know, experience whatever you've experienced. And then sometimes there's been a few times where I've written and I've been smack dab in the middle um, of what I was writing about. Not that many, not that many, yeah. maybe, maybe really one, maybe one or two times, but um, it, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to sit in an interview and as the person's talking, I'm kind of like, hmm, I think they're talking about me. I might need to go and pray after this interview. I, I might need to get them to pray for me before we get off. And, <laughs> or even, you know, it's up, some of my, in my facebook lives i always talk to the person afterward. after we're not on the air anymore and and they have shared things with me and i've been able to share with them sometimes i've cried I'm, god has really been so faithful as i have endeavored to serve women he has met my needs in in ways that i know he would what well, he's sovereign but I know would not have taken place had I not have stepped out and, and, um, and ventured into this journey of talking
0: about father wounds. So it, it's really been a blessing. Wow. Amazing. So are you willing to talk a bit about your relationship with your biological father yeah. and how that sure. started? Um, and then, you know, progressively how you got to where you're at now.
1: So uh, my parents got a divorce when I was uh, a baby. And I have very few memories of of my dad and I when I was growing up. Uh, I have one memory of a visitation. It was a visitation location where, you, where there would be several fathers in like cubicles. And you would go into that room for the designated amount of time. I have a memory of that maybe two times. I have another memory of being at his apartment with with him and a girlfriend. And um, then outside of that, most of my memories I have and I have one memory of him taking me to go get a bicycle. I remember that. And then outside of that, the memories of my father growing up are of him leaving a gift on the porch of my grandparents home, like for Christmas and birthdays. Um, and birthdays it wasn't every birthday and it wasn't every Christmas but I do remember that and and actually I'm grateful for that you know because I know there's some women that did not even have have that that. Mm -hmm. you know so it was something of him saying I I do love you and I am thinking of you and um after that in high school, my father is Haitian-born. He was born in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Um, this story is kind of crazy, but um, I was doing some volunteer work, and um, we were fixing up the home of a missionary. I don't think I've ever told this story before. So you're actually and in Haiti? No, no, oh, no, no. no. Okay. This, this lady is in a community Okay. In, just outside of downtown Fort Worth, okay. where I'm from. And, um, we were doing some work there and the missionary also happened to be a woman that, um, was provided room and board for my father.
0: Mm.
1: And, um, <laughs> she had a letter from my grandmother in, in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and she gave it to me. We, we were outside her home fixing things up, but I went inside older woman and, and she talked with me and talked to me about my father and told me something. And then she gave me this letter. So I took the letter and had it translated by the French teacher at my school and started corresponding with my grandmother in Haiti. Wow. (laughs) No, these stories. I I have a bunch of things like this, you know, so was beginning a relationship with my, um, with my grandmother and didn't have one really with my father. Um, and I, remember wanting to know the other half of me and I kind of went off to college with this kind of desire and when I got to college my freshman year uh, there was I went to an all-girls school and so one of my uh, dorm mates was talking about something she had done with her father about a bookshelf she had built a bookshelf and and I was thinking in my head wait y'all a bookshelf
0: what does that look like? yeah right normal stuff
1: <laughs> and I was like this is this is painful it shouldn't be painful but you talking about building this bookshelf with your father is reminding me that I've never built anything with mine and I remember leaving out of her dorm room and walking to mine to my to my room and just trying to get there quick enough so that nobody would see me Boo hoo! Yeah, and to the room and boo hoo hooed a nice sized ugly cry, and um, I I knew I had some serious issues that I needed to work through, and I ended up talking to someone who was like a mentor of mine, and she said, you know, she had a difficult relationship with her father, so she wrote a letter to her dad, and she detailed everything in her life that he had missed and she invited him back into a relationship with her and I was like okay just add water I'm going to do all of that I'm going to detail out everything and and send this letter off to my dad and then we're going to begin a relationship and voila it's going to be just like the Cosby show because, <laughs>
0: oh, you know, yes. that's what we,
1: we wanted in the uh-huh. 80s the Cosby show or the the Keaton's or growing pains. We wanted one of those. And so I did that. And I, I began what I, I call um, pursuing my father, um, courting my dad. Mm -hmm. I say that because I initiated so much. Uh, When I came home, uh, I would say, you know, I'm in town, you want to go out to eat or I'm in town, why don't you come over and show me how to do this? Or I was just push, 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 pushing, trying to make this relationship happen. And um, several disappointments later, um, I realized that I could initiate a relationship with my dad and but I could not make him become uh, the man that I wanted him to be. And, and the man that I wanted him to be quite honestly was he he's Cliff Huxtable, which that that's not a real yeah. person. That's a character on television. So let me so mm-hmm. I did, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was
0: gonna say, let me ask you this, because I'm listening to you. And I'm like, Okay, this is, you know, fascinating. So I, I'm here thinking, You know, when we have wounds, you know, as a child, and a lot of times we don't know how to process them. So we just make up stuff about ourselves or Mm -hmm, about other people. mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what would you say that you made up about yourself um, that, you know, about how your father decided to just not be active in your life?
1: Um, What, what, let me make sure I understand Uh the question. What did I make up in terms of like, your value wasn't there, why he wasn't there there for Um, you or your value, like? I don't know that I verbalized it, mm-hmm. but I think in my behavior, um, in, in my behavior with the types of relationships I found myself in early on, I think I devalued my worth. Um, I think that sublim- subliminally, I, I believe that if I had a greater word, he would have stayed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I'm saying that not as something I said out loud, but just looking at my behaviors and my actions.
0: Yeah, no, that, that Um, makes sense. And mm -hmm. so, you know, subconsciously you're probably carrying this. And then when you start pursuing him and you get the rejection again, what happens to you emotionally?
1: Oh, devastation. Definitely devastation because uh there's a book by um Stacey Eldridge Mm -hmm. and I often describe this uh, captivating yes I saw Um, Mm -hmm. yes and so in the very beginning of the book she talks about um a little girl herself standing on the coffee table trying to get the attention of uh her I can't remember if it's her, parent, her father, grandparents, it must be her father. And um, she's twirling and she's doing all these things trying to get the attention. And, and what she wants to be told is that you're, you're beautiful, you're valuable, you're, you're worthy, you are enough. And that's not the message that she gets. The message that she gets is you're not any of those things and get off the coffee table. And what I began to realize is that in my adult life, um, and even now, if, you know, if I'm not care if I could devol- default to that, uh, I spent so much time trying to get my dad to see me. I wanted him to dote on me. I wanted him to say, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're valuable. You are enough. Um, you, you're special. You're, you're, you know, everything that a, a daughter would desire from a father. That's what I wanted him to say to me. And, um, And when he didn't say that, and maybe he might've made some other choices that um, created an additional barrier to, to uh, us forming a relationship, I just felt rejected. I felt like, you know, you don't love me. You don't want me. Why don't you want me? Mm -hmm. Why don't, why don't you, why don't you think there's anything special about me? Um, And, and I do want to say this, that to, to my dad's credit, that's not what he was saying. That's
0: what I, I Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what you're right. That's yeah. that's the, the narrative that I told myself. That's not what he's saying. And and what I know now is that people do what they have the tools to do. This is not to give anyone an out Yeah. or to give anyone, um, you know, license to treat anyone any kind of way. But it is reality. You know, as we become adults, we begin to look look at things. We begin to analyze um, our, our parents per se and look at their upbringing and look at what type of tools they received from their parents. Uh, were they fathered? Were they mothered? Were they nurtured? Were they loved unconditionally? Um, did they grow up in a in a traumatic household? You know, did they experience trauma as a child? All these things are going to impact how our parents parent us and. Um, so as I aged, I began to give some more balance to that. Yeah, it made it a little bit more easier, you know, as I matured, and then also as I learned to just really be brutally honest with God about my thoughts and my feelings, um, that really uh, began to help me. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: no, I, I I hear you. So you know, I'm here sitting thinking, okay, so so you you're older, you're pursuing, there's rejection again. And then, you know, at, at what point do you start then realizing that you're bringing your father wounds to the relationship with our heavenly father? And and how did that all start then being healed and transferred? Or I don't know if that, what words you use, but... <laughs> Swap, swap. How do you start swapping? How how, how did you make the swap? (laughs) Yes. 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 So uh, it actually
1: came at year seven of of my marriage. Um, My kids were small. I had a newborn and a toddler, uh, which is enough to make you go crazy. But (laughs) I was also working outside of the home and just just had a perfect storm of, of crisis, crisis Mm-hmm. not sure which one, <laughs> but um, I had that going on and some marital challenges, a loved one dying turmoil at my church. And I was like, I need counseling. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of beget this long period of getting counseling in, in one from different places. Um, one of the counseling sessions that I was in, I remember the counselor said, you know, have you written a forgiveness letter to your father? And I was like, no you know what why do what do I need to forgive he wasn't there that these were my words these, this is my thought process and um she was just saying you know I think that that's something you need to do and so I was a, a familiar with writing a forgiveness letter and so I already had a template and everything I I sat down to write the letter and I'm writing the letter I'm crying And then the next practice is to put an empty chair in front of you and read the letter to the empty chair and I couldn't get through it. Mm. I I could not get through it. And I was like, oh my goodness. I I realized that some of the decisions that I made, especially with the opposite sex, Lord have mercy, um, I was blaming him for Mm. not being there. I felt like if he had been there to be my protector and to say, oh no, you can't date my daughter. You know, coming in here like this, uh-uh. You know, what I mean yeah. I, I felt like I felt like if he had been there, I would have I would have made better decisions. You know, um there's a time in my life I was bullied. I, I felt like I, I wanted my dad there for that to to say, you know what, you are not, that's not who you are. Um, And I just went calm through my whole life. And I was so broken. And so just, um, just, just, um, just hurt. I was just hurt. And I think that was maybe probably the first time I really, really started to grieve. I was kind of grieving off and on. But this was more like a, a holistic grieving. just yeah. looking at everything, I'm I'm a woman now who's married with kids. I've seen how not having a dad impacted my marriage. You know, it it impacted my communication with my husband, and and you know, just things that we had weathered. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And at the end of that, um, I for, I forgave my father. I forgave him. I I just you know, released it. I don't know how long it took me to release that. And I'm, I'm saying it because I know other people are going to be listening to this and um, maybe thinking that my story is a recipe for how to get rid of your father wounds. Yeah, um, I it, think it doesn't grief, work that way. <laughs> no, no, no. No, yeah. <laughs> let me clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think grief, honestly, is is um, more cyclical than it is linear. Mm-hmm. That, you um, it, it can continue to visit us, not at the same magnitude, um, but but it still happens, you know. Um, and I say that with like the father daughter dance at weddings, <laughs> give or take the day and the hormones that are flowing through my body. Yeah. I, might, I might have to shed a couple tears because um, the, I didn't. My father was at my wedding um, by God's amazing grace. But, um, and I know that's a story everybody doesn't have, but we didn't do the father-daughter dance, but it's not so much the dance, it's the relationship that I see between the daughter and the father. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, look at that. So anyways, um, that was one point that sticks out. And then there was another counseling type thing I did with my church um, where you process your childhood hurts. And traumatic life events um, with a, a volunteer from the from the church, and you go through this book. Um, and there's several chapters, like um, you know, lies that we believe, truth that debunks the lies, and forgiveness. Anyways, there's a chapter in this book, and the chapter is on God as Father, and it talks about how do you view God as Father. And I was like, hmm, I've never seen anything like this before. So it was like, do you view God it, did, was your father, um, was your what, was your father a um dominant father? Was he an absent father? Was he um, you know, an angry dad? These are not the things that it said. This is what I'm saying because yeah. I'm thinking on the fly or whatever. And I realized that because my father was absent. I kind of interacted with God like he was absent at times and like he wasn't near to me. And it was really um it was a revolutionary experience for me because I grew up in the church. So I I know Christian ease like the back of my <laughs> hand, you know. I'm <laughs> saying I know church. If anybody knows church, I know all churches, not all churches, but a lot of them, (laughs) because I went to Catholic school. I grew up Southern Baptist. I switched and went to full gospel. Then I went to non-denominational. Periodically, I visited Pentecostal. So I know church, you know, but here I'm doing this curriculum that's challenging me in, in a way I have never been challenged at church. Um, It's challenging me in terms of what do I really believe God thinks about me, Mm. about the intimate details of my soul, about the things that I weep about that nobody knows about. Do I really believe that God is near to me, that God will answer my innermost um, desires? Do I really believe that? Or do I think He'll answer the prayers of other people. He'll he'll answer certain prayers, um, but not this prayer for the ache and the love of my earthly father. He can't answer that because that one's too deep and too in- intimate. That one he's going to be ghost on, mm. you know, and so I began to really kind of massage that area and wrestle, wrestle with that area. I remember talking to people like, you know what? I just don't think God, blah, 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 blah. you know, I, I remember saying this, um, but still going to church, I still going to church, serving in ministry, I'd probably witness to you if you said you didn't know Jesus, I would be like, oh, you need to do it, you know, even though internally I was wrestling with God as Father, I think, I, and I've heard other people say that, that they can get with Jesus, uh, but when it came to God as Father, it was a challenge. And um, I began to get a little bit more honest. And um, at that time, I was a school teacher, and I remember I was planning this trip uh, for for the kids. I worked in a, uh, an impoverished area, um, a low socioeconomic environment, and I was trying to raise money to take these kids on the trip. My parents were not paying; they were not paying anything. And I remember saying to God, um, well, Lord, I need five thousand five hundred fifty three thousand eighty two cents. And I, I would it would be like I would say my prayers. I'd be talking about something else and I would just say, Lord, just a reminder, I need five thousand <laughs> five hundred dollars <laughs> and eighty two cents. I would just pray this over and over again, just for months. I prayed this prayer and month, there was no money anywhere there's no money. And people are like, are you still going on that trip? And I was like, yeah, we're going. <laughs> and, um, I remember there was a community member that was like, everybody's going, I got the donation from, um, from a company, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, okay, wow, that's great. That's great. That's great. When I got that check in hand and mm-hmm. it was for the exact amount that I had been praying, it was like something broke in me. It, it was like, it, that scripture that says, um, how much I'm going to, I completely am jacking the
0: scripture up, but yeah, that's okay. Father, I have the XIV the, all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> XIV. Yeah, it's the Midas international version. <laughs> okay. This is, so this is the
1: KIV. Okay. Um, but, um, the how much if, who of you, if you ask your, um, father for a gift, would they give you a stone? That's, how yeah. much? how much more would your, your heavenly father give to those of you who ask? It, it was something along, mm-hmm. some, it's something along those lines or whatever. Yep. And he gave me exactly what I asked for to the T. It was the, the amount that I had been praying all those times. But then not only that, after that, we ended up having like $500 overage. <laughs> mm. We had an overage and I was like, wow, God, you know, you just answered my prayer in a big way. And it, it's, it was unrelated to my father issues, but it spoke to me. It just spoke to me in a way that was saying, I hear you i I am involved in the intimate details of your life um i t- with specificity, with intentionality, you know, I hear the things that you are saying to me, and I felt like um, I had a new relationship with god even though i've i've been in the church my entire life it felt new it felt different it felt like okay i'm beginning this journey with him with god as my heavenly
0: father wow that's amazing Mm -hmm. you know it's funny because i heard you say earlier something about mourning and i was thinking of my own um, story because i had the contrary Growing up Mm -hmm. until about the age of 11, like, my father worshipped the ground I walked on. Like, Mm -hmm. we were buddies. We Mm -hmm. did everything together. Like, he adored me. I adored him. And I, to this day, we just don't talk about it because my mom just is not that type of person. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what happened. But next thing you know, they're separated. I didn't even know they got divorced, and he's gone within, like, three, two years after that. Um, mm-hmm. and so I remember just being like, something must have happened because he wouldn't have just left me like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's just was it. And year after year, I remember looking in the crowd thinking, maybe I'll run into him, you know, and, um, wow. I'm listening to you. I'm thinking, I wonder like what, cause I've never really thought about it. It's like, I wonder what that would have know, affected me just, but that's what I made up. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't make up anything mm-hmm. about me. It was like something had to happen because he would have never left like that. And mm-hmm. of oftentimes mm-hmm. thinking it was her, you know, my mom, because um, she mm-hmm. wasn't easy mm-hmm. to live with either. So that was a <laughs> whole other story. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. fast forward, you know, he comes back into my life, and then I'm wow. just like, oh my gosh, who is this person? Like, this is not the man I remember. I remember at all. Mm. And I felt like I lost a father all over again because this <sighs> is not the man I I know. I actually don't like you much. You're not a nice person. Um, and mm-hmm. our relationship was just, he was like, you're hanging on to the past. I'm like, honey, no, you're just mean. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't wow. know. And, wow. you know, I just found out later, like he had fallen to drugs. And as an adult, he's here addicted to drugs. And, that, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it got to the point after a couple of years of being involved in his life, you know, together again, um, I literally actually told myself that man that you grew up with is dead and right. you need to let him go
1: and yeah. bury him
0: like he's just mm-hmm. not there and i literally mm-hmm. did a literal like funeral in my mind of of just that mm-hmm. image that i had um and mm-hmm. i cried like you said you went home you know after that mm-hmm. whole thing and i did mm-hmm. i i like cried like he literally had died um and so after that we, he's been kind of in and out he's just not a healthy person to have right. in my life in general a bit mm-hmm. toxic and you know so um, whenever I go back home, Puerto Rico, whatever, you know, I do honor my father and, me and my mother. So I, I go visit. Are you okay? I'll take him out for dinner, but it's just never been a relationship again. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so when you were saying about the father dad or dance, you know, wedding or whatnot, I'm just like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I get it from a different perspective of, mm-hmm. I know what that would feel like if he were who he was back then, you know?
1: Wow. And, mm-hmm. um,
0: so I'm here thinking, huh, oh, I wonder if I need to explore some of this and if there is something. Um, because I, I know that when it comes to my relationship and my marriage has been pretty rocky since the get-go, I I know mm-hmm. that I think of, I have worth because my dad, like I, I'm i the other part, you know, because I guess some people, like you said, you had these dysfunctional relationships. But for me, it's just like, I know my worth. Like my dad was like, you are the mom. <laughs> so it's, you know, right. the other way right. around. But then it's mm-hmm. hard not to have, still have somebody to still be there and be like come here you're, right. you're my baby girl come here and you know why you right. why are you talking to my daughter like that, or you know whatever and mm-hmm. still not mm-hmm. having that mm-hmm. it's still this I can I can all this to say I can relate to what you're feeling even though mm-hmm. our stories started mm-hmm. out different um mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. so I I get that and I get the mourning I I did I have to mourn I I just I let it go I because it was eating at me and I mm-hmm. just had to be like okay you know go and I just told myself it was like burying a person that just did not exist anymore. It's like a missing person, you know? And then mm-hmm. you finally have to get to a point that you just have to let it go, mm-hmm. even if you don't know whether they're alive or not, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and in this case, that person is gone. Who this person right here now is in your life, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's not the same person mm-hmm. um, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and that it reminds me of uh, um, Oprah, Oprah and Ayanna a few years back did a uh, daddyless daughter life class I don't know if you saw that um, I did not
0: yeah Um. I mean it, I it's, know all it's all over it's I <laughs> yeah. mean yeah it's
1: on YouTube and whatever but um, Ayanna Vincent she said that there were three types of fatherless daughters and that there was the daughter whom daddy was never there and so you're idolizing or fantasizing over who your father was and then there's mm-hmm. Um, the daddy who was there there's a fatherless daughter who had a daddy that was there and then he's not there anymore and so now you're fantasizing over the father that you um, had and then there's the fatherless daughter where um, daddy just wasn't wasn't around Um, I might have mixed some of these up but you are um, just trying to get your father to see you this time. attention or, yeah or so he's the, there
0: but doesn't see you kind of right, not, right. not, not um, present. In,
1: yeah like, emotionally absent mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. so that that's kind of what it reminded me of that you know your father was there and so now you're longing for the father that you had mm-hmm. um, but um you do you do have to lay that that father to rest and and also um just thinking back on that that um, life class that they did, one of the things she said is that you have to um, really lay the little girl inside of you to rest as well. You know, that is still trying to look at this through the little girl eyes and, and going back to what you didn't re- receive at whatever stage it was, you know, if you, if you were 10 or if you were eight or you were two or you were 13 or 16 or whatever, um, that's not who you are anymore.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, now you're a grown woman and, and now you can process it with grown, with adult eyes and, and you can allow God to do a healing work so that you're not, um, 53 and you're still acting as if you're 16, you know, or you're not and which takes time, which takes time, but it it is doable. And it's a, a work that we need to look at and examine if we're going to be, um, whole individuals, if we're going to be healthy individuals, not, um, you know, still living in in the past. And um, one thing that I I will say that um, has been beautiful is that as I have uh, leaned into God and um, purpose to love my father, the best that I've known how, you know, I have been able to share the love of Christ with my dad. Um, my mm. my dad does profess to know Jesus, um, but he's had some hard situations um, in his in his life that he's faced, and um, because God and and I want to make sure and say this multiple times because of God, not because of anything Kia has done, uh, because of you know, my own strength, <laughs> nothing would yeah. take place, but um, because of the healing. Um, forgiving work that God has done in my own life and and even just making me aware of my own sin and my own junk and my own need for a savior um I've been able to love my dad and um see some beautiful things come from it is it is it the Cosby show no it it is not the Cosby show but um I do see God at work you know there's a um Another story that I have told. Um, I, I don't. I've, I've told tell different stories in different places, so they're yeah. kind of all over the place. But um, I used to when I when I was at that juncture where I was trying to build this relationship with my dad and was trying to pur- pursue him and 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 um, build whatever whatever type of relationship I wanted. When I was in college, I didn't have any money so what I did was I would now this did create some friction with me and my mother but I would take pictures from the photo albums um at home and I would create these gifts and I'd send it to my dad Hmm. and um it's it's all I had I would just send him photos or if I could afford a frame I'd get a frame and and put a picture in there and send it to him and there was a period of time where um beyond beyond that in adulthood where my husband and I we we needed to go and help my dad with the situation and we come into his little duplex and I look around the room and the only photos that I saw were were mine Hmm. They were all those photos that I had sent all those years and I wasn't sure, you know, how it was impacting him. Those were the photos that were up. So what um, did that do for you? It was like, um, it, it was humbling. It was sobering. Um, you know, when when you endeavor to love someone and you're not sure how that, if if your love is a drop in the bucket or, you know, if it's having an impact or if it even means anything. When you actually see that, that it does mean something, that that person is appreciative, they might not have known how to communicate it. They might not have had the tools to communicate it. It was really, um, it was a sobering experience for me. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of tearing up thinking about yeah. it, you know, just like, wow, it made me want to, to do more th- to the best of my, to the best of my abilities. Now, I yeah. just want to say it's hard. It's hard. Did um, that bring healing to you uh, in, in, in some think, way? I think, I think it did. Uh, I think it did in terms of just realizing that um, I need to love without expectation, Mm. And, and I'm saying that with the, with a, um, emphasis on I, because yeah. that was the decision that God gave to me for other people. He may say you need to love, but put some boundaries in place. Yeah, love, right. love yes. for you and love for your, you and honoring for you might look like just praying for your father, or it might look like sending a card at father's day or, you know, it, it just, when you're when you're dealing with less than ideal circumstances you just cannot say this is how everyone should do it but for me i know god wanted me to be a little bit more um intentional and and present as much as i could we live in two different states with my dad um and i saw that i i saw how you know that that is First Corinthians thirteen, you know, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love um, keeps no record of wrong. record of wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not easily angered. Love delights in truth and and you know, I mean, that's it right there. <laughs> that is it right there. Honestly, that could be the whole Bible for me because I'm I'm gonna be working on that until I see Jesus. I know, but that is revolutionary. When we yes. can begin to love people like that, those that despitefully use us, mistreat us, lie on us, weren't there for us. When we love them with first Corinthians, that that's transformative. Everybody, everybody would yeah. be saying, you know, where? wait a minute. Where did you say Jesus was going to be? Where can, yeah, I, exactly. what church is that? where can I, where can what, I find yeah. some of that? Right. Wait. Yeah. I want, okay. I thought Christianity was something else. No, I like what you're talking about that that right there sounds amazing. I I've, I've never been loved like that. I never been loved like that. And for many of us, for many of our fathers, they didn't they weren't loved like that. If you are being right. hurt by your father, more than likely your father was hurt first by someone else. That does not justify it, but it It just explains it. It just explains. It, it just <laughs> yep. explains it. It yeah. just explains it. And so then we have a choice to say, what, what, how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to respond with um, ignoring it? Are we going to respond with still being bitter and and angry and withholding forgiveness? Um, Are we going to respond with loving him back with a, a love he may not deserve? Not that any of us really deserve the love we've received from God, but you know, that we have a choice. We have a choice
0: to make. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that through, through, well, now I I'm thinking, well, I don't even know how much time I was following you on Facebook cause I'm here thinking it was forever, but obviously not. <laughs> I mean, <I'm> not on <laughs> Facebook, on Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Since you're not the woman I thought you were that I didn't know this that you funny. weren't from Philly. Um, but, uh, I know that you've had different uh, professionals and and other women on your YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. you have clips Mm -hmm. and whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, what would you say is the pattern or the prevailing um, issue that you, you would recommend to any of our listeners having had father wounds to that. Okay. Let me start with, what would you say that, that they would need to look at to see how it's affecting the relationship with, with God. And then what would be a good first step to start toward making that swap and healing those wounds? Um,
1: hmm. this is challenging. Let me see. I think that, well, I've, I've written on that, that particular one. Um,
0: okay. What's how... the name of your book? Blog or book?
1: It's a blog. It's a okay, blog, blog post. Okay. Um, so they would go to fatherswap.com and then go to blog, go to fathers. They fathers? Them. Okay. F- the fathers, and fathers and fathers. No, no, no. The section heading. I'm sorry. The section that says fathers and daughters. And you just have to click, click, click until you see it. But okay. the post is called How um, Fathers Impact Our View of God. Mm-hmm. And I would say read that i would definitely say read that and then the other um post that i would recommend on my blog is called um how to write a forgiveness letter because i've had women that you know they'll say oh i don't have any issues with my dad you know he he wasn't around or he did x y and z but i don't have any issues and then i was like okay well you know just take a look at the forgiveness letter you know it's just there it'll be there and they'll go and look at the forgiveness letter. And they're like, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> I cannot write it.
1: You know, and I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, which I knew they probably wouldn't be able to write it when they were saying they didn't have any issues.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I would definitely say that. That would be very telling. You know, if you're writing this and all of a sudden you break the pencil it, you know, there could be a problem. You know, or, or you're writing it and tears are just flowing profusely. This is it could be a sensitive area. What what I was realizing that a lot of women weren't weren't talking about it. When they would talk about it would be on Father's Day. And then, you know, you might see some threads on Facebook maybe, or you know, they might find a blog post. And that's really when people start looking for it. That's when they want to talk about it. And then afterwards, it's like they tuck, 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 tuck tuck yeah. it, tuck it away until it's relevant again. And then we'll, we'll talk about it again. Um, or uh, the other, the other um, way that I've, I've seen it is, is that women will be very successful in business and, and just killing it all over the place, yeah. killing it. And then you look at their relationships and the people that they're dating don't seem to match them or they got just all these broken relationships and it's, and And I used to see it in my own life and be like, why is that? Why is, why is that? Um, And, and that for me, I really began to evaluate what does a daughter get from a father and how that could impact her um, relationships with the opposite sex. And I I began to realize that the, the father is a daughter's um, first introduction into, into the male gender he teaches her how she should be treated. He teaches her what to look for in a man, what to tolerate, what to expect. Um, he teaches her her worth and her value. And and if she doesn't have that, then she's doomed to do it on her own, sometimes with tragic results, you know? Yeah. So I would also say for ladies to begin to evaluate um, their relationship and, and why begin to ask some why questions um, if, if it, if it garners that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because you're talking about the forgiveness letter. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I have to sit with that. But you know, the second thought I had is like, you know what? I probably should write a thank you letter because mm-hmm. like I said, we had just awesome relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I can think of, you know, I think a lot of my work, I have no problem believing the Bible and what God says about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is hard for other women, you know, mm-hmm. to, to see their value in God. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. Like, I don't question it
1: mm-hmm.
0: even with my struggles or whatever. I'm like, yeah, God, God says, you know, I am, he says what he is. Like, I, I don't question his character or his belief and his love for me. But when I'm hearing you talking, I'm saying, yeah, but th- I think that has a lot to do with what uh, the foundation I had. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having a revelation right now thinking, you know, I probably should actually write a thank you letter. So while we may not be close, whatever now, but you did well by me when you were in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that would probably be healing for both of us because mm-hmm. I'm sure he lives with tons of guilt um, yes. for not being there later. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be mm-hmm. freeing for him um, mm-hmm. and, you know, give that gift of, you know. Christ in that way so anyway I'm just thinking out loud no
1: no no that's um that's beautiful it is actually a component of the forgiveness letter um which some people find difficult to do but um if nothing else you can thank God for for life because it was his seed that fertilized the egg that produced you you know Mm. um so I mean that is that is a component and then the other the other thing that I was uh, going to say well, just I wanted to make sure and say that if if ladies do do the forgiveness letter, it's not advisable to give it to to give it to the father. Um, mm. Yes, that I have never given the letter to my dad. Yeah, I, I never will. You know, um, be and and it goes back to what you did just say about your father having a tremendous amount of gift Guilt. I can't prove it, but I would venture to say that. Most fathers um, probably have guilt. I can't prove it. Yeah. I cannot prove it, but I just believe that. I just believe that. And then someone might say, well, then why doesn't that guilt compel them to be involved? I don't know. Guilt why. guilt can be
0: paralyzing. I mean, yeah, it, can there are, it, it can be. And I'll tell you, it's like guilt is not my poison. Um, But I deal with a lot of women and hear a lot about how guilty they feel about different things, you know, Mm -hmm. the mom guilt or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm our society says these days, and I hear it and it is paralyzing because Mm -hmm. what happens is, you know, you feel guilty about something and you just do enough about something to make yourself feel better. But it's never the actual repentance and the change that needs to happen to get let go of that,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: either because you refuse to deal with with it because it's painful or you're not equipped or you don't have the tools, you really, you know, don't know where to go and, and you just don't have it within you to s- take the next step and actually like seek the help you need.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: so it's a vicious cycle of you feel guilty for a minute, you do whatever to make you feel better. And, you know, each person is their own, you know, thing that they do. And then they just continue and there's just a stay and it's a circle. You just stay stuck there. Right. Um, for sure. So, yeah, I think guilt can be very paralyzing. Um, because it's not, you know, remorse can lead you more to, to repentance and, Mm -hmm. and, and change. Guilt doesn't do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because guilt really is a feel. Guilt isn't a feeling, but we've made it one. Like Mm -hmm. if you're guilty of something, you've done something,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but Mm -hmm. it's an excuse to stay stuck at where we're at. I feel guilty, Mm -hmm. but are you guilty or are you not? Because if you're guilty, repent and, you know, and do something different, or if you're feeling guilty, but you really haven't done anything wrong then why are you sitting here what's that all about you know
1: mm-hmm. and i think the other thing to to think about is is that um, you know we do have a very real enemy and mm. he is definitely at play in father oh, yes. in father wounds because if you if if he can create enmity between the father and and the child then and that will subsequently impact the relationship of the child with God. Um, it's a win for him. It's, it's a win for him, which is why I personally believe he, he delves in this relationship between fathers and daughters, fathers and sons so much because it destroys the entire family.
0: Yeah. The Um, structure. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And so with what you're saying with guilt, definitely the devil's involved there because he's, um, laying it on thick Mm -hmm. you you weren't there she doesn't want anything to do with you you what kind of man are you how could anybody do that um you know it's too far gone you're without hope I mean just just the same types of you know statements that we hear on with our own level of of guilt in our own lives so I, I think it's also important to note that we're not just dealing with ourselves here, there we, we have a very real enemy, and he knows how to play our buttons um, mm-hmm. of, of sadness and longing and and disappointment, just like he knows how to play our fathers too,
0: yep, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. This has been really good. I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I got some stuff to think about. <laughs> This is where I live. Welcome, welcome to the the land that I, I live in and dwell in. Yeah, no, it's it's beautiful because it's. I love that you're allowing God to use you as a conduit for healing for His daughters, and ultimately, I mean, it, I've made imagine in some cases maybe even healing between some of those relationships too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, being able to to, mm-hmm. to bridge those. I don't know, but I assume that, that probably that has happened as well.
1: It has happened. I've I've had yeah. ladies. Um, one, one lady, she, she wrote the forgiveness letter, and she was like, and I'm getting ready to send it, and she said, and I was like, no, 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 don't send it, Um, but that one actually worked out, Uh, you know, but other, other ladies that have, you know, shared with me what God has done in them, or the healing that they've been able to get from just writing the forgiveness letter, so it's it's kind of been amazing to, to, like you say, be a conduit and, and to just be vulnerable and be scared to be vulnerable, but to see the fruit and see how God uses our wounds, our brokenness. People, I, like I said, I grew up in the church. So people used to always say, you know, God never wastes a hurt, uh, you know, he uses everything, but he really does use everything. The tears that we cry in secret, the, um, the areas of pain that we don't want to divulge with others or share with others and let them know that this is a reality in my life or the things that we think we can't talk about. People use that to be the healing bomb that somebody else needs to, to get their breakthrough. And so that is just amazing to be a part of, of transformation in the life of somebody else.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I love that. I'm here thinking, you know, with all the, the bad rap that uh, social media gets, um, I, I, I like a lot of it. But, you know, it, it's been it, it's been good for things like this, of mm-hmm. being able to have mm-hmm. a voice and then have other people. Because I, I, I even tell my children, I said, there's no sin that you will commit or that have committed that nobody else has done. Like the right. enemy wants to make you think that you're mm-hmm. special in that way. And honey, mm-hmm. you're not that special. Right. So here's, here's the thing. Don't let the enemy make you think that you're alone because you're not there are many right. people out there struggling and that that isolation is the worst mm-hmm. it's the worst and so to be able to you know know that there are other people that have struggled and have this pain and you know they're working through it and or they've actually overcome and I can do that and I have tools you know that's just so empowering mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all for the kingdom of God it, it's just a beautiful thing it
1: is and I, I I have said this many times before but there are people that may not ever step foot in a church for whatever reason Mm -hmm. Um, and churches may not talk about father wounds ever you know but it's so great that people can look to the internet and and find a subject that they've maybe been debilitated by their entire life Uh, I have a um, a survey that I keep on my on my blog just to collect data for myself and um, women up to like the ages in in their 60s are coming to the blog to get healing women whose fathers Mm. have been dead and gone for years are getting some healing are writing forgiveness letters to dead men you know um but i i'm i'm grateful that there that the internet exists and that we can put these types of resources in the hands of women can you imagine 60 years of grief, yeah. sixty years of mm-hmm. sorrow, sixty years of of feeling unloved and unwanted. Yeah, that, no, and, I can and imagine. God, yeah, and God is saying, Here, yeah, here, daughters, you know, the internet is available for your healing. Um, he, he uses it all. And I'm I'm too I am too grateful for this medium.
0: Well, you know, it's been said and I, I want to reiterate it like forgiveness is not about or for the other person. It really is your freedom. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. is. And, Mm -hmm. um, so to be able to, um, to be able to, to let go of that, it really is just for your sake, regardless of, of the results on the other end. Um, it's, it's definitely the, um, I just, I have a picture in my mind. I'm I'm having, you know, I'm visual. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, that you're shackled, you have this ball and chain and it's just like, here's your key and let go and be free.
1: And not not just that, but the medical community has done so many studies on how the human body is not designed to hold on to um, bitterness or unforgiveness. It will manifest itself in some type of ailment in our body. Um, and and we see that you can you can google search this um just um look up like how does unforgiveness impact the body um it i want to say it creates an additional amount of cortisol and cortisol um causes the body to turn on itself um so isn't
0: there a book called the body keeps score
1: i I mean it has to do with trauma
0: yeah, I think I haven't read it, but there is a book out there. People, if you're listening to this, Google it. But I think there's a book that talks about that, about trauma and how the body keeps score of it. And yeah, it, what you're saying yeah, it makes total sense.
1: Right, right. So it's not just a spiritual um, reason why we need to forgive. There are health reasons why we, we must forgive. We, mu- we must release uh, our offenses because it'll it'll stay with us. It'll stay in us.
0: Yeah. Oh, this has been great. It's been great. So listen, you want to leave our listeners with something before we move on to the last two questions before we wrap up? Oh, sure, sure. I think the, the thing that I always like to say is that if
1: you are that person, that woman who has felt unloved or unwanted or um, not important or devalued, I think the Lord has you listening to this podcast so that he can say, yes, you are. Yes, you are loved. Yes, you are wanted. He wanted you. The The Bible tells us in, in Psalms 139 that he knew us in our mother's womb. He knows how many mm-hmm. hairs are on our head. You know, all the days that were planned for us, he, he knows about them. He, he knew about them. He wanted them. He is an intentional, strategic, masterful God. And if we are on this planet, it's because he wanted us here and he delights in us. And I I love how um, we are reminded over and over of his love of how um, if if our father and mother forsake us, the Lord will take us up in first John um, um, one and three. I might be missing misquoting this, but how to see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called um, the sons and daughters of God. And, and I just want to say to any woman who feels unloved, you are loved immensely by God today and, and take it, um, as a reminder from him, just the mere fact that I'm saying it.
0: Amen. That is truth. you can take that to the spiritual bank (laughs) take it to the spiritual bank (laughs) I would use that (laughs) yes you can take that to the spiritual bank and cash it yes
1: oh (laughs) and cash it Mm
0: -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh darling so because it's truth salt and spice tell us how you're being salt in your neck of the woods Uh, I definitely think
1: I'm being salt with my with my blog, with the Father Swap Mm -hmm. blog, even the name, I was doing a radio interview one time and um, she said, now spell the name of your blog. And I said, F-A-T-H-E-R-S-W-A-P. She's like, Father Swap, how can I get one of those? You know, so it's just, it's a little edgy. It's it's just a little bit edgy. It adds a little bit of flavor because when you hear Father, you don't think it's gonna go with the word Swap. Um, And that's the way I like to write. I like to, you know, go where people live, talk about things that people don't want to talk about. I like to dive deep. And that's how um, I believe I'm being sought
0: in my neck of the woods. Amen. Yeah, I've I've seen it. And I've seen some of your stuff. I'm like, yeah, you you go pretty deep. You don't talk um, only about you know, directly father things, but it's just all kind of related to so.
1: And it's, uh, I, I was gonna say it's funny, because I I used to not have a whole lot of friends, because I was deep like that. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay, it's a purpose
0: There's a purpose for why I don't <laughs> want to be shallow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I get a little bit of that. It was like people, you know, sometimes can't handle whatever I, I, I say things I don't try to be abrasive but i guess i'm so direct that people are just kind of like ruffled <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm just like i don't know how to say things it's beating around the bushies is right. not my la- my language right. <laughs> i speak two right. english and right. spanish that's of <laughs> <laughs> so just take it as just it's just direct it's not personal right uh, so mm-hmm. i totally get mm-hmm. that um so and if you were a spice which one would you be and how do you bring that flavor to the table
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, I had to think about this. I, mm. I, I need to cook more. Uh, I think so that I'll have more spices the next time that I'm on the podcast and yes, something comes to mind. I said um, I was torn between cayenne and curry, um, but I think I would say, I think, I think cayenne because cayenne adds that kick you know that just extra something that you need in the chili to just kind of be like whoa what was that um I feel like that's me and um I try to be that way in the way that I present truth in the way that I love people in the way that I encourage people you know I try to be that cayenne that's it's going to be a little bit more life, a little bit of like mm, that mm. you need to to um, to live life. I try to be that in the lives of others.
0: Well, I, I will say that when you have a, a blog and, and you're talking about the father swapping those truths, there's some kick. <laughs> That <laughs> can't get any more kicky than that <laughs> okay then so cayenne was the right so that, spice that sounds good I mean you could have gone with curry too that's mine <laughs> oh
1: curry okay I'd only be nice because I feel like curry mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have as much kick as cayenne yeah that's why I chose cayenne
0: yep I um yeah, I don't know that it is a kick or not. I chose curry because if you just put a little bit, there you can't miss it. Oh, that's it, true. It's you can't miss it. Very but true. if you put a lot, whoa, mama! Yeah, some people can't handle it. Right, that's <laughs> a That's a. Good me. Point. That's, a
1: good... <laughs> 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 that's funny. You know yourself. You know. Oh yourself.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm cracking myself up oh my gosh this has been beautiful I I really appreciate you coming on not knowing me from Adam
1: <laughs> that, no oh yeah I do this kind of stuff all the time that's how I
0: get my interviews I don't know all these
1: people I just reach out to them I stalk them yeah. and then I reach out to them so I'm honored for yeah, you to thank have you. asked me thank you for having me
0: yes yeah, so um, why don't you just go ahead and tell people where to find you and um, if you want to wrap it up there and, and we'll we'll
1: depart from there. Okay, sure. Well, you can find me at fatherswap.com. And I do want to say that the swap is to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of God, the father, it's not actually swapping out a physical person. Um, (laughs) But it's to exchange wounds for love. And um, you can find me and social media um, there. And I also have some Uh, free resources on my blog. When you go there, there's two free ebooks. There's some other resources. There's some coaching that I'm offering as well as some e-courses that you can just download at your leisure whenever you want to. Um, And then a host of blog posts I've been writing for, I guess it's almost five years now. So there's some really good blog posts and some really good Uh, videos, I say it's free counseling. It it really is. If you sit down and watch all of them, something will break loose in your life. Um, Maybe that's Mm. been been bound because it's just the the speakers. It's just been that powerful. So all of it
0: at fatherswap.com. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kia.
1: I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. Have a good one.
1: Okay, you too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.